This is Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host Randy Sherman. Before we get things going here, thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Summer camp season is right around the corner, and if you're in need of camp t-shirts, basketballs, other equipment, whatever it is, 323 Sports has what you need at great prices. I've used them for years with my summer camps, and they've done a fantastic job. You won't regret using these guys. To find out more about what they can do for your programs, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your summer camp. This is another episode where we deep dive into some X's and O's. Today, we're going to talk about split cuts on post feeds. Those of you that are watching can see that there up on the screen. We've got some diagrams, some fast draw things that we'll be putting up there and also some videos for you. So if you're listening to this, be sure to go and check out the video version of it. We'll direct you to that at the end of the episode. Randy, I feel like we were talking about beforehand. I feel like maybe this is something that we've talked about, but I think we've just in passing kind of talked about it. Yeah, um, I do feel like it's becoming more and more popular. But again, that may just because be because my team uses split cuts and uh, we're doing some things not not all the things that we're going to be talking about today. I may yeah. steal some of these things, but Do it. Um, maybe it's just NBA season. Do you feel like this is something that teams maybe are incorporating a little bit more? Um, I think a couple prominent teams use them pretty often. You know, the war, the Golden State Warriors use a lot of post splits or having years past. And, you know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson coming off of those have been pretty lethal. And, and with, with Draymond Green being a really good facilitator out of the post. Miami Heat also kind of um, use use them quite a bit. So maybe it's just that, you know, a couple of the teams that are favored in the playoffs that we're, we're all watching on TV every night kind of have either currently or historically used them. So maybe that's 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 the reason your 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 uh, radar is going off on split cuts. So let's go ahead and break them down at the beginning here and then we can get into kind of some of the actions and things that you can do off of those. Let's look at the diagram first and as the, the video sort of plays in a loop in the bottom right corner there. What I would say, you know, split a split cut, a post split for, um, you know, to, to be very specific to what we're going to talk about today would be using the post position as a facilitating position, a passing position and, and a three player action where the player with the ball is the post and then there's a screener and a cutter off the ball. The positioning that I have highlighted in the first frame, the three players in red will be the players involved in kind of the post-split action in, in all the video, videos and diagrams we'll look at today. I kind of was, I'll, let's start with the post, how I want them to, to position. I've kind of got that yellow oval, if you will. Like I would like, I would encourage you to think of the player getting the ball being more important than say where they get the ball. So possession more important than position. What you see like at the NBA level and you see Draymond Green there in the in the video that's looping in the bottom, he's sort of posting in that T post position where his back's to the baseline. He's got his strong arm, an arm bar into the his defender's chest, who he's perpendicular to, and a long arm out to the out asking for the ball. And the feeder gives him the ball sort of off the lane line, not really like butt to the basket. A traditional post-up, he's more perpendicular to his man in that T post position. And if our pass to his outside hand sort of pulls him off the lane line even a little bit further, that's okay because we just want to get him the ball so we can run the action. That's why I have that oval, that yellow oval in that diagram of like, eh, 
doesn't have to be on the block or the first lane mark or whatever, just in that area-ish area, right? Second thing, let's move up the court is who's ultimately going to be the screeners player. You know, in this diagram, player two is the one who feeds the post. Again, throw it to that outside hand. Even if it pulls them off the lane a little bit, throw it to it. You want to be in the NBA, they have the break where the straight line of the three-point line breaks into the arc portion. It, you know, all most of these post feeds are above the break, free throw line extended. So um, that's that's our positioning. Player three, the cutter, head on rim, just right, right in line with the rim or on our way there and kind of off the three-point line about midway between top of circle and half court line. Um, and then when it goes in, like you see in frame two, that's when we're going to run the split action. So you see that kind of playing on a loop over and over again in the video below. You see Durant above the break, throw it to Draymond, screening for Steph Curry. Like that's pretty three pretty good players. What I would say for the cutter, you can watch how Steph, like how he sets up that cut. after He knows it's coming. When, when Durant drops it in there, he walks into his man and eats up that space between him and his man. And, and that, that, that makes his defender easy to, to screen, um, to target for the split screen. So, yeah, there's some just basics of, of the anatomy of a post-split. Going back to the popularity of this, I feel like maybe teams have shied away from this because the initial thought is we don't really have somebody that can post up and make a post move and score out of this. Or to the modern analytics, the points per possession – have kind of gone down sometimes on the on the post feeds and being able to have a dominant back to the basket player and I don't have that on my high school team so why would we even go to this this is more of like setting up an action and generating space and all of the principles it's kind of like we're just inverting the floor here right yeah yeah it's kind of hard to play defense when the ball's kind of behind you and you don't you, you want to head turn and 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 dig down maybe or you just sort of want to head turn and look at the ball when it gets when when we make a penetrating like post entry so that that's one one reason for the effectiveness i'd say an, an, another would be just like you said the 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 offense is upside down now and that's just a little different so that's yeah good point so i guess that's my admonition to those that you don't have this in your offense and you haven't really thought about it because you don't have a post player. You don't feel like you have somebody. We put guards down there and mm -hmm. throw the ball into guards and then let them make a play from an in inverted floor there. So don't necessarily yeah. think that you, you have to have the traditional five in order to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Or we have a big guy, but he's not or, or a post player, but they're not a very good passer. It doesn't right. have to be a, a, a post player that's down there on the block. No, it doesn't. And also too, like it's a great way to combat double teams. Like, like if if we're if we're gonna throw it in there and we just sort of don't move on the perimeter, or we're gonna all the time be getting collapsed on. But if we run action, we keep those two defenders at least on that ball side of the court, true to the to their to their check. They're not um, digging down as aggressively. If we're if we're, I get asked all the time, like we feed the post. What should we do? This is an option for that. You know. And so some of the further options here, let's go ahead and start getting, what can you do once the ball goes into the post? Yeah. So basically you can emphasize making contact with the defender or not. It can be more of like a meetup where two players just sort of come together and go divergent ways, or we can emphasize making contact, but you'll see the theme as we progress through these options will be there's a, there's one of the, this one of the players in the split is going to the rim and the other's kind of replacing that player back on the perimeter. So in this first option, we've got a slip by the screener. 
So two has already fed the post in the last frame. They've dropped it in there from above the break. Three, you see that park mark set up where you see like Steph Curry there doing a good job of like really like walking into his man, attacking the space between him and his man. So he's easy to screen. And then you've got the screener slipping to the rim. A lot of times there's a there's a switch or like a lazy or point switch where there's a window of opportunity to sort of I'll 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 really date myself by using this phrase, but old Rick Majerus term seven cut that that cut made by two looks like the number seven. He he, he slips it to the rim and and he seven cuts through that sort of window of space where we're right at the mesh point where they want to switch. Um, so good a good way to combat switching would be to slip the post split. I can't emphasize enough how important where you see player three in the diagram and Steph Curry in the video setting up that player and, and that this part where it says set up and that line that's pointed right at the rim before he goes into the cut toward the wing, attack that space. Steph Curry's so good at it. Um, we're going to see some other players as well in this action of, of sort of like playing playing slow then fast of sort of walking into him like um, nothing's going on here, nothing to see. And then bursting into that cut off the screen um, by setting up the screen. And then five, and then the, the feeder, the passer, I'm sorry, the passer player five, just sort of keeping that position where his outside of his body is free. He's listening to the ball with it near his ear and, and he's got his butt to the baseline so he can see that split action um, and keeping that, that vision. And, and that's important also. Where we had the most success was this when we had one of our best shooters there in Curry spot, just like the Warriors are doing. They yeah. draw so much attention that even if the team is the defense is intent on switching or just they just want to take away that away, that's where you can usually get that slip to the front of the rim. And then yeah. when we played teams that didn't switch, you really punished them because that guy was almost always open. And then even if they made the adjustment, it was typically to your slow to fast speed point mm -hmm. if you can kind of get them to be confused for just a second it'll create just a little advantage that you can throw that little pocket pass in there and score so yeah. even though teams i think knew that we were doing this we would run this in our own practices and throughout the year if you run it correctly and set a good screen up there at the top and you have a shooter coming off of that our guys who are used to doing this on offense and on defense it's still, we were even at the end of the year scoring off of it in, in some of our scrimmages. So there are options, I guess, is the point. Like there are just, there are things that the defense has to, and they, they have to be engaged all of the time and half of a second can kill you. So several scoring opportunities just off of this. If you didn't do anything else that we talked about and just did this, you would still see scoring opportunities. Probably yeah. not when you have somebody like, who is that, Capella? At the front of the rim, I know that's uh, probably a bad well, he, idea he, that we picked out, but <laughs> he, yeah. he he denies that. But yeah, maybe he got fouled. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, so this would be again same thing. We've got we've got the ball has been entered into five from above the break by the player on the wing, and we're going to split for the player at the top of the circle who sets up their cut. But in this time, they reject it. Maybe there the defense is anticipating. The cutter coming over the top like they do on Tyler Hero here that you can see his defender sort of like anticipate that Hero is going to come to the wing and maybe the screener is going to slip. But so he he basically backdoors that overplay um, and and dives right to the front of the rim and the pass is open late at the front of the rim. 
and again with with the, I think it's is it Bam in the post, maybe Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, same same principle though. And then what we want to see, I think Kyle Lowry's the screen or sort of like pop back. So basically, we got that same principle of a player going to the rim and a player popping back. So so that that divergent action of one cutter to the rim, one to the perimeter, and and the two players in the screen or cutter action just react to one another. I slip, I reject, I, I do the opposite. You know. And another thing we haven't talked about is the two players outside of the three player action, one and four in this diagram. They can either hold the sideline like like we have in the diagrams, no interchange. But I think if you look over here um, against the Rockets, Oladipo and um, one of the Martin guys, they just sort of run in a simple exchange just to sort of move those two guys who are, who are along the lane line there and help. So this was a perfect example of just kind of playing out of concepts as the defense jumps it. Then you just reject it and go back door and then. Yeah, don't center. fight the defense, right? right? Like if they jump it, like don't burrow through his chest trying to go to the wing because the diagram says so. Just reject it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the next level of the first one we just showed. So uh, I feel like that would be a great, like if, if you're going to do any of these, maybe just stick with these two. Uh, but we have some good ones coming up too. I, li I like these next ones that we have here. Yeah, so these are basic entry level, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring a quick timeout podcast. SeatGeek is the ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They've made it simple for you by putting a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to make sure that you're getting a great deal on that next ticket. My viewers get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my code COACHMILLER. So before you purchase tickets to your next sporting event or concert, head over to SeatGeek.com and use the code COACHMILLER to get $20 off your first purchase. So next one here, step up. This one, I, re I really like this one. Okay, well, what happens next, right? So we run a split. We, we've twos entered it to five from above the break, five in T post position, but to baseline. We set up the screen by player three. We run a slit in this, in this diagram. We've slipped it, and, and three comes to the wing and gets the catch, but maybe not the shot. Maybe they effectively switched it, or, or they fought through it or slid under, but we got the catch, but not the shot. The show must go on. So five just goes right into a step-up ball screen. And then we get baseline drive. We got a player in the corner in the headlights. Yeah, or we hit the roller, like in this clip here. Um, the the roller is who scores. So yeah, we step up and roll and they throw it to the to the to the roller. Draymo. Perfect. Again, it's like next, what's next? Next, next, next. So we we run it, we enter the post, we run a split, we hit the wing. What is that? What does our shape and positioning afford us to do next? Well, I can step off the post. And ball screen three accepts the screen. He could get into baseline drive. I've got two in the headlights. We could hammer for four. We could, you know, all kinds of stuff. We could, we could die for to the front of the rim if if uh, if they help the helper. All kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, the thing that I like about this and why it works is because when the, in this case Barnes goes and sets the screen after the post entry, he dives but then he clears to the weak side and now mm -hmm. you're creating a new low man that may not be necessarily he may not know that he's help and that's where you get the quick roll to the rim and it's kind of late. And that's why Draymond ends up with a yeah, slightly contested layup there. Yeah. So yeah, just be thinking of, okay, what we, we feed the post, then what post split, we hit the wing on the post split, then what step up. All right. And then this last one is similar to that. Okay. Same thing. I won't run through the, the recap again, but we fed the post. We run a post split. We hit the wing. 
the wing enters it back into the post and then chases that pass for almost like the same thing. So there's the player coming off he, and he gets it and he just takes it. He just sort of stays on the move and takes that, that ball back from the post. Yeah, he could so throwing it back to green. Yeah. Here's, you could get into a toss game or five could still have it, right? Five mm-hmm. could still have it and not thrown it to the split action and three, just keep running and take it. I think that gets called grenade commonly, like a handoff out of the post. But same thing, we've got a guy in the headlights too in, in, in the corner there if we're able to, to penetrate to the baseline side. Same thing, next, next, next. We feed the post. What's next? Post split. We we throw it to the wing, but he doesn't shoot, and we get into throw and go. Or if I didn't throw it to the wing, he can just keep running and take it from me like in the video. And you can even That's keep that way. if the defense post defender – tries to help on green, then he can keep it, yep. go to the middle of the floor and, and finish off of it. Yep. That, that that doesn't take a lot of time to teach your teach your guys. I don't think so. I think if we have sort of like a standard, a standard uh, command, if you will, or a standard concept that we are going to execute when we enter the post, we already know that. Like we know if we throw it into the post from the wing, we're looking for a guy at the top of the key to split screen for and you see that as a common concept in, in professional basketball where guy feeds it into the post and just automatically goes and, and looks for the top of the key area to the top of the circle area to screen for somebody. And then, you know, what can we do next? If we throw it to him and he doesn't shoot it, we can step up. Right? Yeah, just, just I think it's important for, for um, coaches to sort of like think of playing out of concepts in terms of space, positions, shapes and affordances right like who's creating space where are we positioned where are our players positioned and that that creates our shape and then what can we do naturally out of that shape well if we've got a guy in the post and I just threw it back out to him on the wing i could go right into a step up off the off the pass you know so i think what what maybe at lower levels of play that I would I would offer a word of caution like to college, high school, secondary, whatever, is it seems like when we throw it into the player, into, the, into player five there in the post, like, man, it's got to be quick because the whole world collapses down on him or her really, really quickly. That happens less often when you've got great shooting on the floor and they don't want to double down and things like that. So Another uh, obvious benefit to having great shooters is maybe you you get more one on ones in the post. So I would say that if we can if we can get to a bait one of those basic post split options in lower levels of play where we throw it into the post and we can run just like you know the slip or the reject or something like that. Like that's got to be quick hitting, immediate, and a fast decision by the post player. Otherwise, the the world comes crashing down on that post player pretty quickly. I will say that the thing that helps with that is if you start with good spacing, then you usually are setting yourself up for more success. If yeah. your guys are cramped up on the three-point line, especially at the high school level, then to your yeah. point, it quickly becomes just a, a mesh of people in there and, and nothing really good happens from that. Yeah. As far as practicing it, those of you who maybe are interested in doing this, something that helped for us, we would just go three on three to start with and just play out of that and, we only used the first two slides that we showed. So we okay. did just a, just the reject. I don't even know if we did that very much. We actually went and found somebody and then slipped to the front of the rim. So we were probably doing the majority of our split cuts ended in a slip. 
and mm-hmm. very easily could have added on and will be adding on this next year. We'll be adding on the reject and then the handoff and then the, the toss back. So you can just play three, just start with three players on using yeah. only half of the floor, throw it in there. Uh, we would build up to five on five and require them to have. So we would just run a, a possession and you had to have a post touch or you had to run a split cut one of the options in order for that point to count. A lot of times coaches struggle and get frustrated because they'll run a possession of something after they just practiced in the three on three and nobody ever does it. We never get a post cut touch or whatever. So we put the restraint on of you can't shoot until this, or, you know, the incentive of you get double points if you get a post touch and then yeah. get something out of this. So um, that's practically how it worked for us as far as like implementing it. And then we saw it more in games and it was something that became a real, real important part because we're always thinking about how can we, it is very difficult to generate the paint touches that we all know are needed to have effective offense. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to generate those exclusively from drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick, yeah. especially when you're playing better or elite defensive teams. And if you can throw it in there and then the worry is I don't have a post player that can score out of that. There's it's not to score. It's just simply to get us a paint touch that will what things that you mentioned earlier, turn the defense around, get somebody looking the wrong way, give us an opportunity to set a screen and create a small advantage on the perimeter that we can pass to. It's just an easy way to generate a paint touch that will then get you where you want to go, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think we may have some viewers who are looking for a way to involve that play that that player number five in their offense a little bit better a little bit more often to sort of, I know I have conversations with coaches a lot who's like, yeah, I just don't really get much out of our post, like in our dribble drive stuff, or they feel, they feel lost and neglected. Like they're just all the time, just running opposite, get opposite, get opposite. Instead of, instead of sort of feeling like a, a cog in the offense. I think when you watch like a team that has a unique player or, or a team that has like a, you know, the Miami Heat used P.J. Tucker in there a lot, who's not a big guy, like a tall guy. Like he's moderately hyped for NBA standards. But, um, mm. but you know, a unique player that, that can kind of find a role in there as a facilitator. Um, this may be an answer for how do I get this player who is pretty good player, but like they're just not finding the ball enough in our, you know, motion or our drive and kick game or, or uh, continuity or whatever, like this, this less, less, less involve them and make them the hub of the offense. Like when they have the ball, they're the trigger man. The action that's going on off the ball is is um, they're they're the they're the quarterback to that that route combination of reject, slip, whatever, right? Like, yeah. So that might be a way, another way or reason for you to take a little deeper dive into post splits is like yeah i got this player who's just not getting enough touches or not 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 involved in our offense and he or she's unhappy or he or she's not uh you know we, we're just almost playing with four players you know like so um that that's an option as well or or rationale as well it's like involve that player and make them the, the quarterback of the offense briefly if you're watching this and you say, well, we don't play four out one in or ever throw somebody down in there in the post, this is actually part one of 
part two, maybe part three, but at yeah, least part two. Great. We're going to talk a little bit more next week about this and um, split cut actions that you can do from other places on the floor. So be ready for that and look out for that. We'll be sure to post that on social media. Really appreciate all the, those of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch or listen. Visit Radius Athletics on YouTube to see the full interviews, or you can go to any podcast platform and search Hoops Forum, and there you'll find the audio version of the show. Appreciate Randy and all he did helping me put together the slides for this week. Again, if you didn't watch the episode, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and do that. And we are more than happy to. We'll probably be turning this over the next couple of months, one of those summer plans, turning this into some blog posts that you can go back and download those. And we can also share some of those with you on Fast Draw if you have that. I'm Tony Miller. He's Randy Sherman. This is Hoops Forum. We'll talk to you again next week.